This time on TNT, a brand new segment, Tech Talk. We play some great instrumentals plus theme songs from television shows. And we take a moment to say goodbye to a beloved member of the TNT universe. That's all coming up right now on TNT. <laughs> hey, Bob. So you were just saying it's a, what do you call it, a PD day? <laughs> a PA day? So it's like a, it's a, it's a Saturday, Friday. <laughs> You have a song in your house that you sing yeah, on a Friday, Saturday, or if it's like an extra long weekend, it's a Friday, Saturday, and a, and a Sunday, Monday. So you sing it to the tune of dee da dee da dee da like a doorbell ring on Dynasty, like whatever that song is, yeah, right? Fa- family jams. Dee da dee dum da do dee dee. We have family jams, too, so uh, some of them have words like Friday, Saturday, and some of them are like, uh, for some reason, there's one that goes, and if you're doing a boom, be up, someone will jump in with the horns. What is that, like Mustang Sally or something? Yeah, I guess so. What Sally is I guess so. I don't know why Mustang Sally would be on our family playlist. But yeah, it, it doesn't have a turnaround or anything. It's just boom, but up and weird it, weird it, boom, be up. Boom, be up and weird it, weird it, boom, da da da. And if, you're, if you keep going, someone in the house will jump in with a boom, be up and weird it, weird it, boom, be up. Boom, be up. Someone will hop on the harms. I'll just crush it. Boom be up and weird it, weird it. Boom be up and weird it, weird it. Boom be up. You go from just having a sandwich to like getting paid on stage as a backup. <laughs> okay, well, guy. if you you start, boom be up and keep it going, and I'll jump well, in the no, way someone just, else would. It might be it might be out, out of time because we're on a phone call, but we can have a go at it. Try it. Boom ba da boom ding doom ba boom boom ba da boom bing doom ba boom boom ba da boom bing doom ba boom bing doom ba da 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 boom bing doom I hit uh, muffin time. Oh man! Every single morning. No. Yeah, it doesn't even rhyme. Not at all. Imagine this—you saw the guy that that wrote the closing time, and you're like, muffin time, (laughs) muffin time. Like some lemon poppy seeds. (laughs) Um, it's—I remember Donovan Woods a couple years ago. said that he I think when he was changing his daughter or something he's saying clothing time that actually no. makes that makes way more sense though muffin okay. time it isn't even like it's clever cuz it rhymes or yeah there's not like bedtime it's bedtime it's on bed this is like some big long song about bedtime that you have no we don't but here's here's our uh, bedtime go to these days <laughs> When I was a kid on PEI, I don't think I've ever talked about this before. Um, my dad had a friend named Freddie Stewart. 
who was a dentist and he was from Scotland. <laughs> and Freddie's wife was Helen and they had two sons, Hamish and Andrew. And when they moved back to Hamish. Scotland, nice. they left their cottage in our care and they never came back. So <laughs> we would go use <laughs> their cottage as our own. Oh, I lost the accent there. Um, we'd use their cottage as our own. And after a few years, they said, you might as well sell it. So for some reason, Freddie Stewart was a very real person in my childhood. I can picture him plain as day. His wife, Helen, was kind of like Judy Jetson, like uh, hair bands and like the A-shaped dresses. That's classic. So for some reason at bedtime, I've started telling stories about Freddie Stewart. It's the Freddie Stewart boy dentist mysteries. And all of the stories are about when Freddie Stewart was a kid, the mean things his dad did to him. So, oh, no. Yeah, Freddie Stewart scary. Sr. Uh, but it's so it's cartoonish violence. Like, uh, um, one morning, Freddie Stewart woke up, and he couldn't breathe. And he looked up, and his dad had his foot on his neck. And he said, <laughs> Dad, move your foot. I can't breathe. And the dad was like, I can't hear you, Freddie. What are you saying? Move your foot. I can't breathe. What, Freddie? English spoken here. Don't move your foot. I can't breathe. So he'd take his foot off his neck and he'd say, what are you saying, Freddy? And he'd say, Dad, I take, move your foot. I can't breathe. It's on my neck. And the dad would say, no, it isn't, and walk away. They all end with him getting, like, shards of glass in his throat or his head lopped off by a piece of sheet metal. Or um, uh, Freddy Stewart wanted a pile for his birthday. So he got home from school and he saw it back in the yard there was a pile. And he went and ripped off his shirt on the run and dove into the pile. But it turned out he had painted a fake swimming pool in the backyard <laughs> and it was a concrete slab. No. It's like roadrunner level cartoonish violence. But Freddie Stewart always gets going like on. He gets like a hot pot of tea pointed in his crotch. Or uh, uh, Freddie Stewart's dad embarrasses him. Just the idea of Freddie Stewart child dentist mysteries. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the Hardy Boys. So it's just like he made them up? Yeah. Well, I made them up. As like, oh, you did. Oh, okay. I, I just used the name as a springboard. About... Oh, nice. Just these horrifying. But that's like, that's from like real for a lot of... Uh... For a lot of people. Well, well, yeah, a lot of people, like, the bad dad thing is, like... <laughs> it's maybe too Yikes. real for some. Well, you think? Stepping on somebody's neck. Well, that's why going cartoonish, like, he takes a lawnmower over his waist. Like, it's, it's uh, so over the top that it's ridiculous. Anyway, that's our bedtime routine. It's not a song. It's not the boom, but weird, weird. So Indy's uh, Scottish accent is coming along pretty good, and and so is Shug's, and the girls will take turns saying, "I've got a Fred." Well, it always starts with when Freddie Stewart was four, or when Fre on Freddie Stewart's eighteenth birthday. Um, yeah. So we take turns telling Freddie Stewart stories. So they they learn like hearing this stepping on the neck stories. Yeah, yeah, because it's it? so silly. 
their version of Game of Thrones. Yeah, there's always like he lands in tar and then rolls around in feathers. <laughs> like instead of action movies, they're not like they they don't watch like movies that are more adult. But you'll throw in right, some and, Freddie Stewart stories, and it always starts give like him some reality. It always starts like uh, really nice. Like, well, Freddie, I'll do that for your birthday. We can go see a volcano, and you know where it's going. They get to the edge of the volcano and the dad nudges him by accident and says, well, you should know how to handle it. Falling into hot lava. So, but going back, that guy just split and never sent a word back. Yeah, I think in hindsight, the only reason my dad was friends with him is because my dad was British and Freddie was Scottish and they were probably, you know, the only two first generation people in Sherwood PEI. Um, so, and not to mention, like, the place was probably worth, like, $4,500. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it wasn't like... At the like, time. Oh, he left him the house. Yeah, he didn't walk away from a mansion, but... It, so it's, just a little under the over the cost of a driving lawnmower. <laughs> as I've uh, said before, the cottage was 15 minutes from our house, and sometimes we'd get there on Friday night and have forgotten something, and my parents were like, we're not going back. Like, because everything on PEI is relative. When you live five minutes outside of town, to drive 15 minutes to the cottage is, like, insane. Um, so it's just what you're used to. Man. So, yeah. So, family jams. Uh, those are some good ones. I like that. Boom, yeah. times. Classic. We also have a family whistle. Do you guys? No, I can't whistle, so there's no family whistling here. So what do you do if you're in uh, uh, Walmart or Target and you lose each other? Well, you fire one of those big, like, in the in the war whistle thing. What? We, we, like, fire one of those. I can't, I can't put my fingers in my mouth and whistle. I can't do that one. But Oh, but do, do like, some bird-sounding yeah. thing that's, like... Wakes the whole neighborhood up if you need it. If the girls are four aisles over, or I can see them in the distance, and I go, <laughs> they will freeze where they are and start looking around for me. Super okay. handy to have in a public setting. Good call. See, I can't do that. I make. I just yell. Hey, like, John, Jack. My voice is pretty good. Um, it is good. It does cut through. It Mine probably gets through, lost yeah. because it's. Like a car alarm. No, because I would wager I'm the worst person in the world talking when you're trying to sleep. I know that for a fact. Cause my brother has the same voice and in terms of the, the way it cuts. And if I'm like in the other room, I'm like, I might as well just go in the room with them. It's so it just bur- burns through. Um, I w- because it's it's like a ba-ba-ba-boy. Like it has that... Um, <laughs> yeah, it's got... Bottom and enough top, but it's mostly bottom for sure. Mostly bottom. So when you're whispering, the drywall yeah. is still rattling. Yeah. Here's me whispering and it's still like I can feel it off the walls in here. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had that problem. <laughs> um, so, Jer, I wanted to share with the buds that um, uh, Bonnie, uh, better known as Carol's Aunt Joyce, has left this world. And I... Yeah. I don't... Uh, I don't... I can't even say it's sad news because of the way she did it. If you've never heard the pod before, she's uh, my wife's aunt, Joyce, 
she was 94 and yeah. was quite quite a gal. She lived in um, L.A. by herself, like left her family in Nova Scotia and lived there in the 50s and 60s and worked in a law office and lived right downtown. Um, then she lived in uh, Washington State for a while. She was uh, in B.C. for a while, always on her own, always with dogs, um, always champion of the underdog, uh, gave a lot mm. to charities and animal shelters and things like that. Um, there's a great story of this kid named Alex who was visiting his grandmother, he's about 14, next to Joyce's place in uh, Santa Barbara. And Alex came over and asked to bum a dart. And Joyce was like, well, are you going to tell your parents? And he was like, no. So uh, he'd come over and have some sagrets with her from time to time when he was 14. <laughs> oh, my um, God, that's classic. But she's just one of those people who uh, was an advocate for those who couldn't be for themselves. So um, super old school in the way that she uh, liked to dress up. She kind of had beautiful suits that were really tailored to her and uh, like wrote nice thank you notes and had stationery with her name <clears throat> on it and had a thing from the desk of Joyce, like on her desk. Um, That's classic. So as people that li listen to the pod know, uh, you know, she would have a small one before dinner just to get her appetite up some rye and uh yeah. she loved to visit and in in um seeing some of the stuff from her place she took such care and pride in the things that she collected over the course of her lifetime figurines and china and things like that um so in the last 18 months uh she fell and fractured her hip <clears throat> so she went to the hospital and in the hospital, they performed surgery on her, which a lot of people her age wouldn't survive. She did. Um, from lying on her back so much in the hospital bed, she got pneumonia, which she beat. Uh. They discovered cancer, which they gave her treatment for, and she overcame it and went home. And the crazy thing about her going home is every time we went to visit her in the hospital, she said some version of man whenever these jokers decide to let me out of this place i just want to go home feeling restless and whatever and people kind of you know humored uh sounds um jerky but i think people thought in the back of their minds maybe she would never leave the hospital but she really believed she would and it was quite something to see her overcome all this stuff and actually get home just before christmas this past year you might recall um, Carol and the girls put up a little tree so when she got back to her house yeah. with her little dog Paco there would be uh, um, a tree up for her she mentioned at the time um, this will be my last Christmas and uh, people were like oh, well, I don't know you've survived all these things in the past year it's hard to even imagine so, she just probably understood her own fate better than anybody. I think she did. And, you know, there were subtle changes in her over the last uh, few months, as is often the case, losing weight and uh, her stamina wasn't what it once was. Um, stopped yeah. having a small one before dinner, like little signs like that. So yeah. on the day she decided she was ready to go to the hospital, um, she let the... Uh, a uh, woman who was kind of her um, keeper or, or companion um, 
uh, nurse type know that she was ready to call a hospital, call the ambulance. Uh, the ambulance came. She walked out to the ambulance. Man. Um, in fact, the girls had been there earlier in the day. They did a little dance uh, number for her. She clapped, told them how great it was, told Carol and the girls how nice they looked. Um, so decides, all right, I'm ready, calls the ambulance, walks out to the ambulance, and then as the ambulance door is about to close, says, pull the drapes. Come on. And so um, her care worker uh, was left to pull the drapes, um, which is so old school but so kind of final just there's something about that phrase pull the drapes like i'm done here um she went to the hospital and she passed away that night yeah they don't call it curtains for for nothing i know pretty pretty powerful exit though and it was just very fitting because everything she did in her life she did on her own terms and imagine like being a young single canadian woman living in Los Angeles in the 50s by herself. Just like, a solid, full-on, what a life. But just uh, and understanding it and going out with uh, such clear vision is pretty inspiring. Yeah, and she didn't want for anything. She didn't take a traditional path. She didn't um, uh, do things that people suggested she should. She lived exactly how and where she wanted to. And what a great thing to be able to say at the end of your life. And then the one thing that she really didn't want to do is go live in like an assisted living facility. She really wanted to stay in her house. She did until the very day she died, which is Mm -hmm. pretty awesome. So the one thing that I, I will definitely remember about her is her cackle. Um, she had this great, big chortle and she laughed easily and she laughed often which i'm sure was part of the secret to her longevity so i always kind of toyed with um as you know bonnie was something of a celebrity on the pod and such a you know such a rich character you know um i always kind of toyed with the idea of should I tell her? Because I, I, I want her to know that we paid this loving tribute to her, but I didn't want to insult her. And um, it turns out my mother-in-law had told her. She knew all about it. And she just kind of laughed and oh thought my. it was crazy. But I could never figure out, like, how far back do you have to go? Like, okay, so there's this thing called the internet, right? Uh, like, yeah. Like, how do you even explain what this is? I think the best way would be to play just the the Bonnie jam from the Bods album. Right. Because it's really a great spoken word piece that has her in mind. It and is. She would probably really appreciate the the whole deal there because it's the presentation. It's very witty and smart. And also like born out of truth. She went to Bulk Barn and got nuts yeah. and fed the Blue Jays in her alcove. Yeah. Oh, Jose is looking for the nuts, eh? Yeah. He knows things have changed. Well, that's the thing. It's getting yeah. colder and no nuts in the alcove. Um, but yeah. they, they've eaten them out of her hair. Um, yeah. Just a friend to animals, which says a lot about her. And it's neat in seeing all the old pictures. Um, there are dogs in almost all of them. Some were hers, some were other people's. But she was just uh, one of those people. So I am Gotta love richer for having known her, for sure. Bonnie. And obviously Joyce. Yeah. 94. That's, Legend is uh, is an understatement. 
That's why I can't even say I'm sad because she lived exactly, she lived a long, wonderful life and exactly how she wanted to. So it, it's not sad so much yeah. as it is of note and um, seeing someone go out on their own badass terms is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, somebody who doesn't, just can't see themselves incapacitated, they, they can't deal with it. That's like, it's a decision that, that that's up to the person. Yeah. And uh, there's something to be said for that. There's some people who are like, I don't care what it takes. I want to stay alive. And that's a different path, you know? Yes. But, and uh, she, she wasn't ready before. Um. Yeah. But she was ready now, and that's quite something, too. Like, um, think of mm -hmm. all the things that she fought through to yeah. get yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. Like, all the, all the achievements and accomplishments of fighting her, her health. And uh, it's knowing when it's time is, is definitely... It's, like I said before, it's really inspirational to see that when you see not just the the way that she lived but just the understanding of the finality of things you know and uh just knowing uh that you're 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 good to go and it's time well she always had uh pnv good old-fashioned dose of yeah. piss and vinegar and i'm convinced it was really cool to see her like, uh, when she was in the hospital, people are like, okay, you're probably not going home. The fact that she did was solely, I believe, because she believed she would. And that's mm -hmm. kind of, it was a place to channel her energy while she was in there. Anyway, RIP Joyce. Uh, Bonnie yeah. will live on forever, fortunately. Um, but I did want to share that with the buds because, um, you know, she's been a big part of this pod. Yeah, no, it's very sad, but, uh. Thanks for paying tribute in a way. Yeah. That's nice stuff. Uh, I miss, uh, speaking of dog lovers, Rebel's still not home. He's coming home soon now, this week. So what's he been Finally. doing? He's been hanging, uh, running around, having a great time with his buddies, the other dogs and cats and stuff, and his puppies that are all... There's, he had another litter of puppies. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, like he's. I think it's 20 in all or 21 or something. Good lord. Yeah, three three good rips. Anyway, there's little rebel puppies, and he's for this first time he's actually been there for them uh, with Dolly, the mother, uh, raising them as in a sense. Well, they're actually playing and stuff like that, so that's kind of cool. I wonder. Anyways, I wonder in the dog the, world, what is the dad's role after the puppies are born? Like is Just he is he all in there? there? I think initially, and it, sometimes they're aggressive with with the really young puppies. Yeah, that's what so I wonder. It's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to tell. But I mean, what what happened was there used to be an, a a big Rottweiler, the leader of them all, named Conan, who was a beautiful big dog, and he just passed away. So that's very sad because he was kind of the leader, and it's he's on a place where it's kind of a, a farm area, so it's very like, rural, and there's lots of like fields and brush and stuff so at night when they go out to pee conan would kind of be there barking and nobody and the coyotes wouldn't come around at all but now that there's no big dolly's not that a big a dog and isn't going to do anything and rebel obviously is very just runs around and thinks he wants to play so one night letting them out to pee a few weeks ago 
she uh, heard Rebel shrieking. And she's like, oh my God, he's, he's getting killed by a coyote. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, she sees him running up to her and comes to her feet. So it somehow got two bites, but the coyote didn't get it, get him. Like he's really fast. So he actually escaped death <laughs> from this coyote. It bit him uh, around the shoulder and and on the back hind middle section twice, like two spots. That's terrifying. And, uh, yeah. Like broke the she, skin, she, like like yeah. blood. Oh my god. He had to get stitches. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's uh, he's healing up. He's all good. He's fine now. And uh, but yeah, that's scary. Rebel almost uh, shut her down. So that was not tied to the big dog. Like it wasn't the same incident. The big dog didn't die protecting Rebel or Just, anything. The big dog was no, gone. No, the big dog was gone. Yeah, right. So now wow. predators were coming onto the property, and that's it. Yeah, crazy. That's yeah, terrifying. So I know, I know, it's awful. And it's not like, uh, he's not way far, It's they're just near Aurora. Like, it's not far. Coyotes are greasy. Out in, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, coyotes are awful if they, because they they come back and back. They'll come back two, three times. And they've been attacking kids around the city as well, recently. I saw some stuff on the news. Of I saw something on the news about that getting, happening on, on Vancouver Island. Yeah little kids getting bitten like multiple times so that's scary stuff keep your uh, eyes in your backyards because the they're out there those coyotes they're they're getting used to humans to the point of like hey we'll find some garbage here at least for sure can you imagine attack any anything small they'll go after so it's scary stuff imagine a kid gets bitten by a coyote no thanks like what do you, you know, it's unbelievable to think that happening. You're just at a park or something. And this rip thing rips in this greasy look in their hair is always all banged up. It looks like they just came out of a lumber pile every time. Yeah. Like, why, are they so, why do they look so mangy and creepy looking? They're so banged up. They're the Jeff Martins <laughs> yeah, of the animal like, world. Like it looks like they cut their hair with like little pieces of dynamite or cherry bombs around <laughs> their body. Like what kind of a look is that? Why do they look so greasy? <laughs> oh, they're so mangy. Yeah, they are. What did we see on tour? Was it in Alberta? Saskatchewan was, was a I wolf, think, yeah. right? No, I think it might have been some coyotes. Because you don't normally see wolves running by the roads. Um, but this this map was, was sitting was in the ditch making eye contact with me as we drove by. Like, yeah, that's right. You are seeing me. <laughs> um, do, yeah. do coyotes travel in packs? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, well, they're always howling in, in groups, right? So I don't. They probably do, and they try to attract. They try to attract other dogs and animals to them. Like some, I know coyotes will go and play dead to have a dog run out to see if it's no. Like, what's going on? Yeah, it'll act like vulnerable and hurt, and a dog will come, and then boom, all the other ones will crush it. That's actually like genius. Well, they know. Just like uh, ducks and, and geese, they'll kill your dog by going out to the middle of the lake and just going out of the way to let your animal drown. 
Not because they want to they eat don't. it. Why do they do that? Well, if a dog is trying to get a goose, they'll be like, come on out. And they'll rip out to the middle and just like burl around or leave. I got your close. Won't be able to, dog won't be able to get back to shore. You're almost there, bud. Keep coming. If it's a little dog that's not a strong swimmer, it's just going to sink. Um, the uh, breeder, when we got happy, said French bulldogs love the water. They love to swim, <laughs> but they're not buoyant. No, so you have to be God, really so careful just... near bodies of water. You have to get them a life jacket. That's ridiculous. I know. They love it, but they, they can't they, They're just not good at it. They're kind of top heavy they and sink thick. They sink. Yeah, well, those are the dogs. Like, they actually fall forward. Like, they like, yeah. on, oh, fall. Like, it's so weird. It well, she does barrel. handstands. Like, when she's drinking, her back paws are off <laughs> yeah, the ground. Yeah, and could easily topple into the, into the food or whatever yeah. dish. Happy. Does it does it snore? Well, it has this um like rattle when it she when she wants your attention, like a. <laughs> it doesn't like that. That's just when she's in her kennel and wants out. It doesn't. It do, that's not a bark. It's like a whine. <laughs> like a big. Big inhale scream. Well, yeah, but it, it, it actually rattles. It is an inhale scream. <laughs> he's he's like using, utilizing some new technique. <laughs> it's, it is like a baby crying. Um, hey, before we take a break, I want to give a shout out to um, Nell and Mike, who were at... Uh, I have it right here in front of me. Um, they were at... Uh, Wait for it. They were at uh, St. Jacob's Market and found something um, that they thought I would enjoy. And so uh, she sent it to me. It's a McLean's magazine from the 60s with Gordon Lightfoot on the cover. And and it's like an article like this newcomer, youngster Gordon Lightfoot may really be something someday, cats and kittens. Um, just a good one. turbo bodism like I spotted a thing I thought of you how can I get it to you like uh, such a kind thing to do I really appreciate it I want to thank Ricky Schmidt for sm- sending me a uh, home little home uh, warming housewarming gift oh did she Thanks for that very thoughtful stuff see for everybody. that like, Ricky Schmidt I'm going to tell you something yeah. I'm going to tell good you thoughts. what she's a good bod and Mike the bod has been crushing it uh, with us on all things tech. Don't even get me started on Mike the Bod. Yeah, he's just. Uh, I can't wait to be actually out there again doing stuff and uh, having Mike and all these buds with us. Yes. So for sure. Definitely. Anyway, good times. Let's take a break. Take a break, bud. Okay, you ready? Hold on. What time is it? It's time for Tech Talk. <laughs> you know what Tech Talk is? Well, because William Shatner went into space. So it's high Tech Talk. So I'm going to give you an object. And okay. you have to say what year the first one appeared. All right. I kind of want to keep this song going as a bed under I, the whole thing. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll just turn it down enough so it's not loud. 
This was Herbie Hancock Rocket from. Was this yeah. from a movie? No, it's just a jammy. It wasn't from, from Beverly Hills Cop or something? From his album Future Shock in 1983. Oh, perfect. No. Yeah, great. Yeah. What year was the first Sony Walkman? I, I'm going to say uh, 1981. So close. 1979. What? Oh, yeah, it's a little earlier than that. What okay. year was the Osborne One considered to be the first true mobile computer by most historians? In fact, we would call it a laptop today. What year was the first laptop? You mean like the first mobile computer? Well, the Osborne One, invented by Adam Osborne, was considered the first truly mobile computer. So the first laptop. I'm gonna guess it's going with the war effort, like so like 1960s maybe? Wow, interesting. No, that was 1981. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> I always figure, because the internet like, started because of the military, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but would that have been that early? Maybe it was. I, yeah, I think the mil- they had some kind of communication on that. I don't know. Let's Maybe find it out. It didn't start Berlin until the 70s. January 1st, 1983 then, is considered the first official birthday of the internet. Oh, really? So that's it. I'm way off. Um, okay, you anyway, ready? Let's go to the next. First. Hold on, let's get a little more of this jam going. <laughs> first cordless phone. First cordless <laughs> phone. That's got to be like 1982. <gasps> oh. Oh, maybe way earlier. Super close. I know you're going to nail one. It was 1980. Okay. Really I close. I just think my, like Michael Douglas and Wall Street. <laughs> remember that one on the beach? Like huge brick phone? I remember the first time we were on tour, Kevin Meekle, our tour manager, had one of those. And at, this was like 1994 or 93. And I was like, that's that's archaic back then to me. But he's like, man, this thing works everywhere. You could use this thing anywhere. That, that sounded like your home phone, man. And those it was things were like insane. Two seventy-five la- a minute. And they lot, yeah, and they lot, but they lot. Well, it was the same price as any other phone, but they lasted forever too, like the battery. So yeah, remember the old Motorola big bangers, man. Those things were like military grade. Remember when uh, planes started to have phones? So it'd be yeah. in this, like, oh, the headrest in front of you? Yeah. You pop it out, and I remember calling home a couple times, and yeah, it gets like, it's like five bucks a minute. Yeah, guess where I am? I can't hear you. Guess where I am? I can't hear yeah, exactly. you. Um, okay, first VCR to use VHS was the Victor HR 3300, and was introduced by the president of JBC in Japan on September 9th of what year? The first VCR. Hold on, it's like thinking music. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 1981. 76. Damn it! God damn it! 
Okay. Yeah, because the big sexy pad, like the apartment guy, the, the leisure suit Larry dude, would have a VCR going sure. on in the late 70s. Okay, this one is um, more along the lines of your wartime thinking. First car phone. Motorola Communications Equipment carried the first calls on Illinois Bell Telephone Company's new car radio telephone service in Chicago. On October 2nd, my birthday of what year? I'm I'm thinking like like Elvis would be calling people from the phone from the car like that's the vibes. Peanut butter and banana. <laughs> so like not in 1975, 1974. Can I get a peanut butter and banana? Um, 1946. Holy moly! Oh, the big man. I know. That's cr- yeah, because the Second World War, they had it going on. Hey, Jer. What? <laughs> what? A peanut butter and banana? <laughs> Fry it, please. Fry it twice. Um, Remember, you like it fried. Peanut butter, banana, and fried. Wait, peanut butter, banana, and fries? Or fried yeah. peanut butter, no, and banana? Fried. Fry it. Yeah, get that thing on the griddle. I kind of want to try that. It sounds incredible. Oh, man, it's dirty. Yeah. Dirty, dirtier it's- than a coyote. Peanut butter, banana, fried with butter. Look out, man. Jeez. That will send you dying on the toilet. What finally got him? Shitting his life away on the can. He had a jammer. Did he? Yeah, he was living a life of excess with uh, not just the food like that, but uh, painkillers. Oh, yeah, right. We're just like eating them from the inside. He also really liked uh, the company of women, didn't he? He was well, busy. I don't know if it was like that in the later years, but he, he like I heard from a guy who used to work for him as a security guy, saying he just, I just can't turn anyone down. He said, like he's th- mm-hmm. he he was going on the I'm just being nice. Aww. Somebody really wants it, then they can have a piece of me. Wouldn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. Elvis's exploit set to rocket by Herbie Hancock is a uh, strange aesthetic, but I'm into it. Okay, last one. Okay. RCA TVs get the color for money. RCA CT100 was the first color TV set for consumers offering low quality at a high price. What year did the color TV come out? I like you're going to take the entire scratch break to think about it. (laughs) Come on. Come on, he's crushing it. He goes back to the head. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Uh, nineteen fifty-nine. That's totally wrong. Super right? close. Fifty-four. Was... Oh, really? Okay. Super close. <laughs> and that concludes 
this edition of Tech Talk. I like that the theme for Tech Talk goes that long. <coughs> oh man, I love it. I'm just, I'm just gonna like. <laughs> Hancock versus Taggart and Torrance. <laughs> like, gentlemen, you, you wanted to use my song as a theme for some piece of shtick you're doing, that's fine. But you also sat in silence while the jam went on for four straight minutes. Like, but Herbie, we were enjoying it. Doesn't that count for anything? I love it. <clears throat> All right, okay. You can't bring yourself to turn it off, and I can't blame you. <laughs> That's oh. it. I let it, I let it play out, man. <laughs> How long is Rocket? <laughs> like five minutes. It's so great. Five and a half minutes. <coughs> oh, man, that was great. What other, this is actually a good category for us. What other instrumental <laughs> songs are that captivating? I know we were talking about um, the Surfari's One Hit Wonder uh, Wipeout. But does that, I think we had the conversation when it came up. Does that technically count as an instrumental if they yell Wipeout or if they yell Tequila? Yeah, like, so this would be considered full on. Well, I mean, Herbie Hancock, storied career as, as a jazz musician on his own, has made so many incredible records and played with so many incredible people, the best on the planet. So it just kind of was like an afterthought, the fact that like th this in a somehow was, was a song that most people know, but that not a lot of people um, in terms of understanding of mainstream music would be listening to Herbie Hancock's other records. So it's just interesting. Kind of got thrown into the highway of pop for a second. And then, but at least I'm sure it shined a light on his other stuff by a million. <clears throat> so do you think um, he was like, oh, all right, I'll throw my hat in the pop ring for a cup of coffee during the 80s just yeah. to, just because he could? Well, if you listen to it, it's actually kind of, like a jazz song because he's like allowing people to solo over forms in the same regard it just kind of comes back and forth with that dun 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 being the full head but like the scratch guy was ripping it like trying to just give it it's, it's no difference than a piano solo or you know uh, Tony Williams playing with with him, or you know Freddie Hubbard, or, or whatever you know, like any other musician, just letting it rip. <clears throat> classical gas. I'm just looking up uh, instrumental songs. I love classical gas. Can you fire that one up? <laughs> classical gas. Yeah, you would know that song because it's like CTV will, late night. There's a, yeah, a montage sure. of like leaves floating down a river when they say like "Good night, see you tomorrow." Yeah. Back when they used to, like, turn right. off the TV. Mason Williams? Yeah. Do you know it? Oh, yeah. For sure. Wait till she starts ripping. I thought you were thinking about that piano jam that would come on at CBC late at night. Different. Different. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the programming day for CTV. See you tomorrow, bright and early, at 7 a.m. It'd be like a montage of leaves in a river, like some mountains. Maybe a beaver a making weird, a thing. It's such a weird song to be using for that. I don't think know. about it. I mean, it's tattooed in our minds. But still, it's pretty, like, kind of mellow and kind of dark. Is it Canadian? Kind of I wonder why they use that. It has to be. Oh, here we go. Well, what's the point? Maybe not. <laughs> Let's check. Okay, I have two more instrumental songs for you. American. off there until that's still classical gas <laughs> yeah those horns those movements um speaking yeah. of beverly hills cop i think i was confusing uh rocket with axel f fire up axel f that's a solid instrumental song oh well axel <laughs> yeah, f is f from beverly hills cop yeah so i have two more instrumental songs that's one axel f true instrumental because i don't think anything <laughs> is ever said Right? <laughs> yeah, this is like some like European dude with white pants. Yeah. <laughs> on a keyboard. By the way, great song for like Eddie Murphy's getting out of the car, he's walking into the warehouse, like sneaking oh, around sure. like to see if the bad guy's in there or spotting them yeah. from a distance. Yeah. Like, this is a great montage song. But would this, this would never happen. This part didn't happen much when he... Maybe in the beginning. Like, with the credits or something. Yeah. But, like, I don't think it, you'd hear this part. It would all just be this part here. Right. <laughs> I love this part. Or, or, or maybe not even this part. It was always the part before the last part. The back into the breakdown verse is when he's like getting into the car. Here comes the chorus, so wait for it. No, this is the breakdown. Oh, it's the breakdown. Chorus is coming to bite you hard, though. <laughs> no, this is the part when he's like, check the banana and the tailpipe. This is the like, get down, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is like him going underneath, like through the back. He's putting a tracking device on the bottom of a Cordoba. <laughs> Such a banger. Okay, here's the other song I would like to submit for the... Um, tech jam? Yeah, it's not even a tech jam, but it is arguably one of the most famous uh, instrumental songs ever. I submit okay. Music Box Dancer. Cue that up. Oh, see, that's the one with the piano. Yeah. That was always on CBC. Oh, yeah. Well, that one's Canadian. That makes sense. Yeah. Who who rocked that? Uh, Frank Mills, wasn't it? Frank Mills. You know it. Have you ever met him at, like, a party at CBC on Christmas or something? No. <laughs> you you want on, the answer sure to be he's yes. There. He's there, like, every time. Just crushing this. With Ernie Coombs with the eggnog. That concludes the programming day on CBC. <laughs> From coast hey, to coast to those, coast. 
Can you imagine those CBC Christmas parties with all those maps in the room? But can you imagine getting hired to play drums with Frank Mills out on tour? I'd crush it. <laughs> I'm already there. He's riding it out. The drummer's doing this. He's jamming. He's riding it out already. Frank keeps telling you to play quieter. Well, I'm surprised he let the drummer rip it like that with the ride. I know, but it gives it pace. I think he likes that. He wants that pace. So I like Frank. He's like, bring all the, all the extra notes you can throw in there. Is this a banger? I feel like it is. This is not a b banger. Like, this is not a banger. But if you're calling... <laughs> it's, it's... It's... It's, uh... Well, I mean, I don't feel... Like, banger to me is a different kind of music, in a sense. It doesn't, like... This is a powerful song, I'll give it that. Memorable? Powerful in memory. It's, it's um, kind of like nostalgia. Uh, this is not something I would fire up like at the house. What if you're driving and it comes on AM radio? Nice fall day. I might, lis I might listen to it so I can remember, like you know, because whenever I heard this, like, like again, like it's the only channel that was on, but most of the stuff that was on and I didn't really watch, like. In terms of, especially later at night, because you're a kid, you don't watch the news, you don't watch uh, David Suzuki. You know, I'm talking when, when you're in that, when this era, you're a young kid, you're just trying to stay up late just to be awake, but you'll watch these shows that you didn't really want to watch, even though you learned a lot watching them. But as a kid, you're just like, you know, wanting Littlest Hobo to come on or, you know, fire up some uh, right. Walk with Jan. This is a good jam. Instrumental? Full on instrumental jam. <laughs> oh, wow. What talk about, the? Talk about insane band. What the clam is it's this? Sanford and Son theme. Okay, well, if we're getting into TV show themes. No, but this was such a great song that it was released, I'm pretty sure. Was it? But it's Quincy Jones. So it's full on, like, it's insane, this ensemble. Of well, that's a great like. category, too. Songs yeah. that were so good, they crossed over. Well, I'm not... Yeah, I don't know what came first. I think this was uh, for the show. Maybe it's not, though. The Street Beater is the name of the jam. Well, no, I think it is. It's always that. I'm going to say one of the it biggest... It anything other than... One of the biggest TV show themes that became a pop hit must have been Greatest American Hero, right? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, there's like it, if you're talking about ones with no lyrics or no singing, yeah. But there's there was uh, like "Welcome Back" was a single from uh, "Welcome Back." That's a great song by John. Welcome Sebastian. back, welcome back, welcome back. 
I think if we're going to talk about TV themes, we should not limit it to instrumental ones. We should, let's say the category is Open the, great just, TV just themes it. that became pop hits. <laughs> okay, for sure. Okay. Uh, Welcome back. That's a great song. It's a great, it's classic. I'm, I'm, I'm getting everything but John Sebastian on here for playback. My uh, typing skills isn't quite uh, as good as yours. TV songs that became hits. I love this. Of course. Thanks, Internet. Here we go. <laughs> it's actually a great record. Welcome back. Yeah. Dunk a dunk, dunk a dunk. Ba ba ra ba da ba. Ba da ba da da. My par my parents had this album. Did they? Yeah. Welcome back. It's a great record. John Sebastian, we've talked about him on the pod before of having like a sneaky. Like just hit, you know, the love and spoonful stuff, and just like him, he had a huge long career of like amazing songs. You're like, oh, that's him. Oh, that's him. He's one of those guys. What was um Good stuff? I'm back to uh, instrumentals just for a second. What was ding 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 What TV show was that? I don't know. I thought it was Rawhide, but I think that's rolling, rolling, rolling. So here's the list of um, the top eight best theme songs ever. And it's, <clears throat> I'd actually be interested in what the buds think is the best TV theme. Let's um, uh, let us know. Hashtag best TV theme. Um, so on this list, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Obviously, that's a great song. Cheers. Great song. Golden Girls. Gilligan's Island, Jeff Jefferson's, moving on up. Good times, remember that one? That was a good one. It's a good one too. It's great. Here it comes. <laughs> like insane bands, always like the best musicians. I love it. I love it too. Um, and then obviously like the classic of <laughs> yeah of all time. Listen to the drumming. Hold on, let's do them go off here. Like seriously, you can't get away with that. Drummer's just going crazy. <laughs> like just fired a bunch of gack before this session. <laughs> Don't you think... Do you think anyone was like, honestly man, just uh, take a log off. 
He doesn't stop. There's no chance. Like, if there's a gap, he's going. <laughs> Listen. He's like, oh, now I get to go off. <laughs> Holy shit. Listen. <laughs> you can't play one bar without adding something. Like, you're not getting paid by the note. <laughs> oh, he's playing for the solo here. Oh, no. He's still, man, he's just crazy. It's, what is awful. this part of the song? Is that the credit band? Why is it still going? <laughs> I don't even think that was the real version, but the original is still... Still like that. That's way worse, though. What is the TV theme song that you hear that rings your nostalgia bell the most? <laughs> what? What's the TV theme song that you hear that rings your nostalgia bell the most? Oh, let's see if this is on here. Like instant, like, aww. Remember? Well, like, remember that show Quincy? Yeah. <laughs> remember that's theme of that? But I can't find it. I remember the show. I can't remember the theme. Remember Quincy? Like that, something like that. Like that theme. Because those are like, that's early, early. Like that's probably late 70s. Oh, I'll tell you the one that um, could suck the tears out of my face. <laughs> Saint, oh, it didn't make, you, make Saint me Saint Elsewhere. Oh, Fire really? that up. Just hearing that. Saint Elsewhere. Oh, no, no, no. Hang on. Hill Street Blues. That's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Oh, for sure. <laughs> Hill Street That's Blues. True. That was on. The little bit like of walkie chatter on. off the top. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't that on? <laughs> wasn't that on? Like, uh, That's another ripping band, for sure. Oh. <laughs> Featuring Larry Carlton, right? He's like played with Steely Dan. <laughs> Yeah. Aw, oh, come on. Listen to that drum track. Just crushing it. I love that you hear every song oh, as a drum track. <laughs> well, just listen to everything. The piano, everything's mint. The bass, like, too. Like, he focus and who's that with the that is that Larry Carlton on the guitar just letting her rip it's so tasteful <laughs> listen to the bass Doo <laughs> so good let's leave it there bud yeah let's leave it there bud it's good great. chat bud good chat <laughs> oh that's the solo Oh.